Ascend with Carrie and Mohan is brought to you by Syntax and Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, our two top Ascend sponsors. Be sure to visit the Ascend website to learn more about Syntax, OCI, and other valued sponsors. Welcome back, everyone. This is Ascend with Carrie and Mohan. I'm Deborah Grant, editor of OATUG's Insight Magazine. This is our episode six of the Ascend series, and today we're thrilled to have as our guest Naresh Miriala of Meta, who is a member of the Oracle Applications and Technology Users Group, OATUG. And of course, Mohan Dutt is here representing OATUG, along with Carrie Halleck representing OHUG. And here we are to talk with Naresh about Ascend 2024, which is coming up on June 17th to 20th at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. Happy to have you with us, Naresh. We have a lot to talk about, including asking you about your Ascend Conference experience as a speaker and much more, and wherever the conversation takes us. So Mohan, we'll kick off the conversation today with some questions for you, passing the mic to you, Mohan. Uh, welcome everyone and welcome Naresh to our podcast. Uh, we are thrilled to have you. And um, you're well known in the conference circuit uh, with so many speaking opportunities that I see you presenting worldwide. And for our podcast audience, uh, we want to know more about you and your role at Meta. So if you can tell us, you know, um, how you're involved with Oracle application and Oracle technologies and your current role at Meta. Thank you, Mohan. Thank you. Thanks, Deborah, for this opportunity. Nice to meet you all. Um, yeah, I'll just give about like uh, the technologies and what I do in current role. So I'm Naresh Miriala, um, as you all know. So I uh, I've been uh, working with the Oracle database technologies or middleware for the last two decades. So from the uh, from the beginning of Oracle databases, we work with ERP technologies like eBusiness Suite middleware Oracle databases. Uh, I've been associated in some form with Oracle for the last two decades. Um, I've worked in the past with Oracle corporations and DXC technologies where we implemented Oracle products, Oracle uh, suite of products in different countries. Like I worked in around the globe and we worked for implementing a large scale banks, financial institutions, and uh, a lot of customers across the world, especially uh, a, maybe a decade ago, we started with a journey on um, cloud migrations, specifically managed cloud migrations for large customers, where um, we did a terabytes of data migrations a decade ago for a lot of customers. In the current role, um, I've been with Meta for the last nine years. In the current role, I lead the platform engineering teams at Meta, where we support database technologies, middleware, and applications specifically for businesses like financial supply chain and legal. Uh, in Meta specifically, the Oracle tools and technologies are used for enterprise applications, like means that internal to enterprise business requirements. And we have been um, having a footprint of ERP, like business suite and fusion financials and uh, database technologies. Yeah, that's about a uh, brief intro of technologies, Mohan. Thank you very much. Uh, and I have a like lead up question to this. 
what draws someone like you or a global organization like Meta to our user community, community like um, OATUG or OHA? Uh, that's great. Actually, uh, I've been, uh, I mean, we have been uh, working with OATUG last for a, almost a decade. I think for the first time we presented in 2015. And um, OATUG is one of the largest community of uh, Oracle applications and database technologies. Everyone knows this. And uh, I mean, it's a prestigious organization and everyone would like to be associated. And the major, one of the major reason is Meta, I mean, we believe in sharing, I mean, Meta works on cutting edge technologies and we are always uh, interested in technological edge. So that way uh, we, I mean, it is encouraged to be participate and associate with the technology as a community forums or associations and OATVG is a front runner. We are, I mean, we are privileged to have association with you. And um, on top of it, it is always um, helpful when we work with the community organizations to share knowledge and also it helps to be on the field to learn and understand. So that is a, one of the major reasons is that learning and sharing knowledge. So that is the reason we, I mean, OATUG or OGARC is a very important communities in this technology space. Thank you for the validation. Carrie, any questions you have for yeah. Naresh? Absolutely. Yeah. Naresh, first of all, honored to have you here. Super excited to be talking with you today. And uh, you, you mentioned working in Oracle database and associated technologies for uh, about 20 years, I think you said, which is which is quite a, a time. And I, I think you've seen some interesting changes. I mean, when I think about what the Oracle database looked like, you know, 20 years ago versus what it looks like today, it, it seems as if the DBA role has grown a bit. And, you know, as more things are automated within subsequent database releases, et cetera, it doesn't mean that you get to sit back and relax, right? It means that you're always learning something new. There's new features, functionality. Can you just talk a little bit about that journey? <clears throat> you know, uh, over over that time, how you've seen things change and how you've stayed up with it and how you've stayed current? No, that's a great question, Carrie. So this is an in interesting question. A lot of uh, uh, a lot of questions are concerns on the career opportunities as well, like these technologies being um, for a long time, very valued right now with uh, so much uh, automation and, and AI, everyone thinks that, hey, we don't need an administrator to manage a database. But um, in reality, I started with Oracle eight and nine eight times. So if you come, if you see now nineteen C or twenty one C or twenty three C, which is coming very few soon with autonomous databases in the world. So the the role of um, I mean, in a, a decade ago or a, maybe five six years ago, a computer and storage were very expensive in the world. That is the reason the role of database administrators or any platform engineers is to tune for efficiency. So that you have a minimal resources, you need to be able to run an efficient system with that minimal resources. At that time, the focus was more of experts who knows or who handles the internals of databases and how do you tune, how do you uh, make it faster with the uh, capacity issues or resource constraint. But when um, the advancement of the industry where now, right now you have in-memory databases and exadatas and exalogics where a, a DBA doesn't, or a data administrator doesn't need to sit and tune the queries. Systems will take care. Even a bad query will run very fast because there's a lot of optimization on the back end. So that actually eliminated the day-to-day -day job, but now we got a new problem. One, 
the scale of the data, the data volumes are insane. So now the all the database administrations or engineers roles are more of uh, DevOps roles where we are looking about how do you deploy automatically and how do you scale the systems and how do you secure the systems? This was not a problem a decade ago because scale was not a concern and all our on-prem, so security was not a big deal. Right now, we are dealing with new problems where data is growing in terabytes and petabytes and being on cloud or uh, not having an on-prem, security is a major concern. So the the role shifted, but I think the significance of having someone with a vast knowledge still says and keeping up to uh, knowledge and making sure that we are using the industry best practices is a key to be successful here. Well, hats off to you for staying up on those things. It, it is definitely a lot. And I think you wear a lot of, a lot of hats. So thank you for, for walking through that. Thank you. And, and Nanesh, you mentioned like about um, OATG as a community where, you know, you, uh, with, with the Meta's uh, DNA of sharing, you know, the latest and greatest and your learning and all. So my question to you is, what are you planning to present at the SEN 2024? Oh, that's a great, great question, Mohan. I submitted actually my my papers also for call for papers recently. But the major interesting topics right now, I think the industry is looking mostly on the multi-cloud deployments. That is a challenge to manage the multi-clouds and FinOps in multi-clouds, the cost evasion, and everyone adapted the cloud trend. Now we are trying to optimize the cost on cloud. So the FinOps and multi-cloud and security is definitely a topic where I'm interested to share. And um, yeah, and the interesting trends I see is that even Oracle is coming up with AI integrations with database technologies. We're just playing around that. So that will be very interesting topics. And I submitted a few papers on LLMs and database technologies. Yeah, I think mostly cloud security and AI is the talk of the town right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I thanks so much for sharing that. And I hope uh, some of your sessions are selected uh, for um, a presentation and I can't resist the next question. You mentioned AI. There's a lot of uh, buzz around generative AI. So um, around Meta or, you know, uh, especially at work, have you found any use cases of uh, generative AI or uh, it is more like, um, um, generating more for social media. <laughs> yeah, this is a, I think this, there is a lot of uh, misconception or uh, a lot of, everyone is using Gen AI, but everyone thinks chat GPT is a only question and answer thing. So, but we have seen um, an interesting trend and also we have seen a use cases where a business or enterprise grade solutions, which are helping here, like, for example, in reporting uh, tools or technologies, we have seen like uh, a lot of ad hoc reporting. You don't need to be uh, developing a report or creating a report specific use cases. So by using Genia, you can just say, hey, summarize this report, transform into a different format with the same data set. So that is something, a new trend and our business users are loving it. That is a very interesting dynamics on, because you don't need to depend on a, uh, uh, an engineer to deploy or create those reports in ad hoc. You can just 
use the AI and automatically the, it will be generated. And uh, there, there is a lot of consolidation of, I mean, if you see that there is a lot of enterprise information in every company, people use different format to store and it's very difficult to search that knowledge base. But implementing LLMs and integrations with AI, so the instead of a chat GPT for the chat GPT for the world, but the chat GPT within the companies is one of the trend which is actually working well for getting all the information consolidation. And apart from that, I see uh, a lot of databases being integrated right now, and uh, I hope this trends will kick off to a, a, a situation where no one needs to know the SQL. You just give natural language and SQL will auto-generate and co-create. I've seen with autonomous database, it's happening, but the accuracy and the maturity might take some time, but that is a very real uh, business benefit for users. We don't, I don't need, we don't need a SQL expert, so we still need a validation, but that is an easy to write SQL concept. And and to your point, you just mentioned uh, enterprises organization are rolling out private chat GPT or internal with the company. It's just a coincidence that the company that I work for, we are launching our own private uh, chat GPT for some of the use cases you just mentioned uh, starting next week. So, um, <laughs> like uh, thousands of our employees will be using that to become more efficient and skilled at work. And uh, as you said, some of those time savers, uh, which will uh, come into play with um, Gen AI. Um, so Deborah, Carrie, any questions you have before I ask my ne next question? Yeah, before we jump off that topic, I mean, I, I think it is pretty cool. And with the technologies out there, uh, just, you know, companies recognizing so quickly that they've got to adapt to it. And so rather than, I don't know, having their employees dump into some public AI, you know, all, all of their internal stuff, they're figuring out ways to bring that in-house, you know, so it's, it's the security aspect of it. But then it's also that you can fine tune it to your specific business needs whether it's something functional or something related to your, your system specifically, that's a little bit different, you know, it gives you a leg up. And I mean, honestly, it gives you a leg up right now, but before you know it, it won't be a leg up anymore. I mean, this is just kind of the, the standard that everybody needs to reach and reach quickly. So it, it does seem like a little bit of a race, but it's exciting because with, with any change like this, it just makes it easier for everyone to do the pieces of your work that are repetitive or, you know, kind of, kind of easy to, to implement. Like, you know, who wants to be looking, as you said, at SQL syntax or something like that. This is the information I want. Just give it to me. So it's exciting because I remember, you know, Oracle at past conferences talking about, you know, like from an HR standpoint, right? Just kind of talking into a, a Google Home or an Amazon Echo or an equivalent of, of something and saying, how much PTO do I have left? Is, you know, one typical HR thing, you know, things like that. And you know, those are so simple today. You look back and think, you know, we're we're so far beyond that. So this is this is pretty exciting stuff, and Naresh, I'm excited to have you talking about it, and hope to see some of your sessions on that soon. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Thank you, thanks, Kate. Mm -hmm. So um, I have um, uh, more of a curious question. Uh, you submitted your session, and in a few weeks, uh, OATG and OHAGU will announce uh, the session selected for presentation. So. Um, as a seasoned presenter, what do you do 
you know, in the next few weeks, between your submission of your session and um, sometimes you have a good feeling like this is a great topic, this would be selected for presentation and uh, until it get announced. So um, can you use these uh, few weeks that you have uh, for a, any purposes or what's your advice to our presenters, especially the first time presenters um, who are new to this? So this is an interesting, my experience, Mohan. When I started this journey, I used to submit abstracts and wait for a confirmation. Once the confirmation comes, the time is so short, then we will stumble on putting actual presentation together. So what I learned over the years is that when I know that my, my, my work is very good, like the content is authentic and it is really intended for the audience, I'm pretty sure uh, every organization looking for a good content presentation. So I usually take them. Uh, there is a sorry for the background noise. Some someone is walking on the outside. I think so. Uh, usually my uh, my way of doing this is mostly prepare them, do more research, have a outline ready. Don't waste until it gets selected or uh, rejected, but be ready and have some demo recordings and everything. So just when we are ready to, uh, when, it, when our session selects, life becomes very easy. You're ready, your content is ready, presentation is ready. So when you present, there is a lot of confidence and also the content is good. Otherwise, in a short time, uh, you will be stumbled to prepare the slides, present, and at least I would suggest to have the research material ready, may not be a final presentation. So when you have, when you need to present, you just need to put that into an organized structure to just present. So that is a uh, usually that's how that's how I do. Uh, I think that should be uh, the way to go. Yeah, th these are great tips, uh, and especially if you're a first time presenter, and it happened to me a few years ago. Like um, I was more scared when I got an acceptance than you know. Um, not getting accepted and, and then I was trying to figure out like even though there were several weeks before the submission but I also had the same feeling that there's not enough time and when I started uh, putting together the presentation I had more questions and I thought I should do more research so Carrie did you you know have a similar feeling similar experience when you first you know, got accepted for presentation. Totally, totally with you guys. I mean, I was, I was, yeah, terrified the first time, but you know, just felt like it was something I needed to do. And and yeah, I absolutely, like Naresh said, I waited until I got that approval, and then I started it. And in hindsight, that made me a little bit more stressed about it, trying to pull it together. And also, what you said, Mohan, resonated with me about started putting it together, and then thought well, wait, there's some more things I don't know. And I feel that I should know this when I'm presenting, you know, I'm, I'm presenting on this much a little bit. And I want to know this much, a lot of things, because people are going to ask me questions. It's going to come up naturally. I want to have the depth of knowledge to impart here. Right. So, so uh, yeah, certainly if I were to do it over again, and now when I do it, you know, I, I do a lot of prep work before it's accepted and it's by no means wasted work. You know, we, we cannot accept all presentations totally understood, but if there's something, if there's a topic that you that you know and that it's valuable to someone else, if for whatever reason you're not selected for our conference, there are so many other opportunities, be it 
you know, geographic local user groups, be it webinars through our organizations, be it internally. A lot of us internally with our organizations have opportunities to teach those around us. And by the way, that's also a super good dry run to do. If you are presenting at the conference, you know, run it by some of your coworkers and, uh, and peers, kind of get feedback from them ahead of time. And you can fine tune it as well as kind of get an idea of the run through to make sure that you're taking the amount of time that you want while leaving a little bit of, of time for QA. I'm going to jump in too and say that if you do not get accepted, do not lose heart. There, as Mohan mentioned, I think there's so many ways to use that content. We can't possibly accept everyone. We've had a record number of uh, submissions this year. So please, please remember, you can always write for my magazine, which is the OATUG Insight Magazine. You can take your content, create a great article out of it. You still get a lot of visibility there. There are other ways you can share your information with other local user groups in your area. So please don't feel discouraged. You may have a, the best gem in the bunch and not have gotten accepted for whatever reason. You know how life is like that can be. So please do, don't give up if you don't get accepted. Uh, that's great. Um, so um, I have uh, a question for Naresh, like, uh, attend is an in-person conference, which uh, we would be having in a few months. Um, and uh, apart from in-person conferences, there are a host of webinars which happen online. So do you see, you know, what's the value of someone um, signing up um, and registering and attending the conference? You as a speaker uh, would be there in person, but as an attendee, what's the value of attending an in-person conference rather than attending webinars online? So this is a, a COVID changed the dynamics and with that, we got all into webinars and virtual conferences. So uh, before that, everyone, everything is in person, obviously. But there is a good, I mean, there is a, um, it helped in one way where if you don't have time, but still you can attend a webinar, to get the knowledge, but the I'm a big fan of in-person conferences. The reason being is that if you go to a conference, you have a dedicated time. You're not working and attending a conference just for just getting some knowledge. And also you make the networking and uh, there is a lot of information. It's like a lot of information, which is not in the slides. You get to partner with people really who worked on it. You get to talk, get a backstage of the uh, presenter to understand what actually went to to that so it's an informal conversations long-term connections which makes a difference than just attending a conference in a webinar uh, which is very virtual and very formal as well you just listen and be done with it so i i mean i've seen i made a lot of friends over the years attending conferences and we had a lot of partnership where i stuck on something we can just use that network and get the information or help so that helped me professionally a lot. I think I see a lot of value apart from just sharing a knowledge in, in attending a conference in person. I think that's great. And, and with that, Naresh, since we just keep picking your brain here about things, we ask you for advice for presenters, but what about uh, advice for people who might be attending in person for the first time? You mentioned all the great things that you've gotten out of it, networking, meeting people, lifelong connections. If I'm going to the conference on site for the first time, how would you recommend that I go about it so that I can make those great connections that you've made? 
That's true. And there are two things I suggest is when we go conferences, there is a competing topics and a lot of information being shared in, uh, in a day. So the best thing is that be ready to, I mean, at least plan your schedule. Every, every ascender, uh, we are having an app, use the app to formalize and see what is your interesting topics. Then use that when you don't have a sessions, just don't open a laptop and start working. Try to meet the people there and in lunchtime or everywhere and try to be social because this is a opportunity for the professionals who are coming uh who are actually uh, coming with the same intention to have a share knowledge or receive knowledge so it is a mutual benefit platform so i i would suggest that be open try to interact with people prioritize your sessions what exactly you want to work and after the session Talk to the presenters if you want to get more information and that way you can actually get a real-time information i mean with a you can get a real-time contacts with the people who are actually presenting those sessions i i like that we got a lot of connections with other companies engineers working on the similar problems and i think that is a major difference uh, i would suggest that these few points for anyone attending in person for the first time love that thank you uh, I have uh, one last question. Apart from presenting, do you see yourself getting involved um, with uh, the user community in any volunteer roles, like as part of any special interest group or any other uh, committees uh, which matches your interest? So the thanks, Mohan. So I'm 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 working on volunteering with uh, special interest groups, which are. Um, the the idea of SIG I love is that they're specific to a particular topic which are you are interested, and uh, working with them is a really great experience. And I I personally uh, we started an SIG for I mean I would like to work with SIG of cloud or AI, so that way we are having a frequent meetings with and sharing topics, um, cloud infra and AI and security are my interesting areas. Uh, I would like to collaborate more, organize monthly chapter meetings and work with the folks. This way we get to know or work with actual individuals who are exactly working on the same problem or same challenges in the industry. Yeah, I, I would love to volunteer with uh, OATG and uh, we, we will work more closely on this. Thank you very much. Uh, Deborah, over to you. Yes, finally, I'd like to add to that. We'd love to have an article from you, Naresh, as soon as you're able, as soon as you have time on any topic that you wish to, to talk about. I think it's, it can be, you know, 1,500 words to 3,000 words. I have a whole guideline set for you. I'm going to email you about it. And, and I'm sure many people would be fascinated with anything that you have to say from your perspective as a member of such an important and influential organization in the world today, and it could be something philosophical about what you think data is all about, why it needs to be managed in certain ways, whatever you have to say about it, I think would be so interesting for so many people. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today, and Carrie and Mohan, and I will be coming to you again soon for our next episode in this series, so please subscribe. You can listen to Ascend with Carrie and Mohan on any platform, a podcast platform of your choosing. And uh, basically, why are we here? We're here to because we want you to get curious, stay curious, be inspired, 
and reach out because we're to here to help you with your Ascend journey. We're starting again on our way towards the Ascend 2024 in Las Vegas, June 17th to 20th. So we hope to see you all there and see you again soon. Thanks, everyone.